I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is brought to you by our sponsor, KFC. So, I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 124-120 to win over the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday at Scotiabank Arena. Um, this game, honestly, despite the fact that it was a very close score, I felt like the Raptors definitely outplayed the Kings from start to finish. It really never felt like the Raptors were in danger of losing this game, and yet the Kings hit 23-pointers, uh, which really helped them stay in the game. This game actually reminded me a lot of a game that happened last season where the Raptors had to get Kawhi Leonard to hit a banked-in jumper uh, you know, at basically the final buzzer uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, who also hit 23s in that game, and it was a very similar score in that one. But um, the Kings just kept coming in terms of hitting three-pointers. Harrison Barnes was surprisingly lethal from three. Buddy Heald, we know he can do some damage. And, of course, Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I've spoken about on this podcast before. That man is a killer, and today he was really, really good. But the Raptors, like I said, weren't really in danger because they just, I don't know, they just played better basketball than the Kings. I guess it's sort of very simple. Uh, the Raptors played a very, very good team game. There's a lot of highlight uh, passing sequences in this one where the Raptors recorded 28 assists. But I think the more important number is the fact that the Raptors had four players to record five or more assists, which is very rare. You don't really see that. And I think it's a product of the Raptors uh, playing basketball as a team. There's not one guy that has the ball all the time. It's not like a Houston Rockets situation where, you know, James Harden has the ball or Russell Westbrook has the ball and they have a lot of assists, but it's not necessarily indicative of team play. The fact that four players, those being... Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, and Fred Van Vliet each had five or more assists. Really goes to show sort of how well the Raptors operated together as a unit. Everyone really moved the ball. Everyone was unselfish. Well, except for Norm, but we'll get to Norm. Uh, And, yeah, the Raptors were just able to get great shots over and over and over again uh, throughout the course of that night. Uh, I think there's a couple guys that really stood out in this game. Uh, OG Ananobi, I'll start with him. I mean, he had 18 points, six rebounds, five assists, three blocks in 37 minutes. 
7 of 10 shooting from the field, 3 of 4 from deep. Excellent. Really, the only mistakes he made was uh, at the end of the game, he came up with a huge rebound over three guys, got fouled, went to the free throw line with the Raptors up four with a chance to, well, I'm not necessarily make it a two-possession game because there are already two possessions, but at least give the Raptors a cushion, and he missed both free throws, which was, you know, not what you wanted to see. But everything else, phenomenal from OG. Uh, the five assists was a career high for him. And to, to be honest, the way I'm looking at OG now is, you know, we keep saying that, like, oh, man, OG's hit a new level. OG's hit a new level. And it reminds me of Pascal last season. Like, you know, he's just going to keep doing this. And so, you know, I've said in the past, I think OG's sort of role tops out as sort of a 3 and D guy. And I think he's still best suited for that role. But it's sort of clear that he can do a little bit more than 3 and D. And it's not necessarily he's going to run the offense and be a star wing player. But he can do a lot more. And, um, you know, I think for the rest of the season, or at least especially the way he's playing right now, it's there's just not too much sense in sort of putting a limit on his game. I think we should just sit back and enjoy. Sort of like Pascal last year. Like, he has hit Pascal last season in his most improved campaign. He set a career high in scoring seven different times in the course of the season. And I feel like kind of OG's on that same trajectory, not necessarily in terms of scoring, because that's not necessarily where the bulk of his game is, but um, in every facet of the game. And the five assists are really, really impressive, especially for a guy who doesn't have the ball in his hands very much. It's not like the Raptors are running a lot of pick and rolls with OG, although he did run one today and actually scored on it, which is nice to see uh, him sort of taking incremental steps in terms of creating his own offense. But the five assists for a guy who doesn't have the ball that much is really a reflection of um, OG's ability to process the game at a very quick speed, make the right pass, make the right decision. Uh, and it's very impressive. It's always been a nice facet of his game. Um, again, he's always been the fifth option in previous years, and so he hasn't really been able to play make for others. But especially when he's able to make a cut and uh, set up his own teammates, uh, he's really, really smart in either kicking it out or uh, making a big-to-big pass. And OG has just been phenomenal. Obviously, defensively, he's been really good. I, you know, there was a lot of times in this game where I wish we just had five OG Ananobis on the floor defensively because it felt like OG was always able to cover his man. But then whoever he wasn't covering would become a problem. Like when OG was on Bogdan Bogdanovich, he wasn't doing much. When OG was on Harrison Barnes, he wasn't doing much. When OG was on, like, Bielitsa or whatever, like, you know, just forget about it. That guy's not going to do anything to OG. Uh but yeah, I mean, OG tonight, three blocks is also a reflection of uh, his awareness in terms of as a team defender. He's always been very good as a man-to-man defender. And, you know, we've seen him multiple times this year just straight up rip the ball from other guys, sort of in a Kawhi Leonard fashion, although I really don't want to continue making that comparison because it's not too entirely fair to him. But um, OG, he's very active. He's very locked in defensively. And he continues to be the Raptors' best two-way player, especially since, you know, Pascal has sort of taken a bit of a step back on the defensive end just because of the fouls and things like that. Although today it was much better with it. Uh, but OG has been excellent. And, then you know, the three-pointers is just it's great to see. Uh, he's very confident in rising up for them. He does not really show much hesitation. He'll take them above the break. He'll take them from the corners. Obviously, in previous years, he was much better in the corners. That's where most of his possessions were spent in. He would just wait in the corner like a P.J. Tucker type and either occasionally cut to the basket for a little back cut and maybe sneak in for a reverse dunk. Or he would, uh, you know, just most of the time at least hit a corner three. But right now, OG is sort of spreading his wings. I mean, he's hitting above the break threes. He's hitting... Um, you know, the occasional mid-range pull-up like he did in a, a couple games ago against Detroit. I mean, you know, OG's expanding his game, and I love to see it. He's, he's been one of the Raptors' best contributors. Uh, he was a, a huge contributor to this game. Kyle Lowry was also very, very good. Uh, I'm a little concerned about the minutes, and I can talk about the minutes in a second because I think it really has to do with Norm. 
but uh, you know, Kyle today, 24 points, six assists, two steals, eight of 15 shooting, five of seven from deep. I mean, including some very, very deep ones. I mean, you know, he's very good at the the transition three. He's very uh, opportunistic when he looks for that uh, two for an opportunity. But man, I mean. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about Kyle. He's been amazing. He's age-defying. There's a couple of times, especially in the second half there, where the Kings sort of screwed up their coverage and allowed Kyle to drive to the basket. And there was a help defender at the rim, but Kyle was just showing the type of fearlessness that wasn't really quite there last season. Uh, He was finishing through contact, arguing with the referees. The only thing you can really criticize about Kyle today is the fact that he had six turnovers and five personal fouls. A couple of those are sort of avoidable, and you never want to see him in foul trouble just because it's kind of dicey. You don't want him to see him foul out of the game because, I mean, realistically, who else are you going to bring off the bench? But um, Kyle is excellent, and, and the way he sort of set up the offense as well, you know, it, there's a very tangible difference in when Kyle sets up the offense versus when Fred sets up the offense. Uh, Fred did have five assists, but Fred's assists are more like – you know, he's swinging the ball to the right man, whereas Kyle is actually the one sort of attacking out the pick and roll and creating something. But uh, I thought Kyle was excellent. And one assist that really stood out was uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter there. Uh, Kyle works in pick and roll with Serge Ibaka, uh, you know, drives off, creates an angle, and then whips in this very difficult pass off a very tight sliver, uh, you know, of an angle. And he feeds Serge, who confidently goes up for the hook shot. That feels like Serge hits 100% on these hook shots. His touch is so good around the basket. Um, And that pretty much gave the Raptors some breathing room uh, in order for the Raptors to close out the Kings. So I thought Kyle was excellent. He remains excellent. The minutes is a bit of a concern. But, again, I'll talk about that when I talk about Norm, which, man, Norm, bro, you got to step up. Um you know, I thought Pascal was really good as well today. 23 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 8 of 13 shooting from the field. Didn't hit a 3, but he did hit a mid-range step back off a high screen with about a minute left in the game to sort of give the Raptors a 6-point lead. It was a very impressive play. I mean, like, a lot of players can hit that shot, but the thing is Pascal hasn't really been asked to hit those shots. And, you know, I've sort of been sort of keeping a very close eye on everything Pascal does this year. Obviously, he's the Raptors' most important player. And one area in particular that I have a question in terms of, uh, you know, if Pascal can do it is closing games. And, you know, we know Pascal can score within the course of a game. We know he can score in a variety of ways. We know he can get his offense in a variety of ways. And so naturally he's going to get a lot of points. Like even today, I never really thought Pascal imposed himself on the game except for a little short stretch in the third quarter where he was going to the basket and scoring floaters and stuff like that. But, you know, you know, Pascal is just going to score just because he's so talented. He's so active. He's in the right spots. He can score in so many positions that he's going to get to 20 points. But it's a big question. There's a big difference between being able to put up 20 points and being able to close a game. Not a lot of players can close a game. A lot of players get to 20 points. And uh, the way right now I'm seeing with Pascal is it's sort of the results are mixed. Uh, I guess my main concern with Pascal closing games right now is that I'm not entirely sure what shot he wants to get to. Like, you know, with Kawhi, He's going to close the game by asking for a screen with the big man. He's going to come off that screen, and either he's going to drive all the way in if the defenders play him too close, or if they sit back, he's going to hit that mid-range shot that he's so good at. With Pascal, I'm not really sure what his game plan is. So, so far, we've seen him uh, in these late-game scenarios ask for ball screens, and usually it's it seems to vary. Like uh, OG set the ball screens against the Pelicans. Kyle set a lot of the ball screens today. And, you know, I'm not entirely sure... Uh, if that's a specific set or if he's necess- maybe he's just looking for a mismatch and that's why he's using different screeners but regardless you know 
I want to know what Pascal is going to do in crunch time. And right now, I don't really have a good sense of it. We saw a little peak of it today where, you know, Pascal got a ball screen from Kyle Lowry. Uh, Harrison Barnes went under the screen. Pascal drove at him, saw that Barnes was cutting him off to the basket and uh, faded away for a little short jumper. And that was very promising to see because he's been working on that part of the game, especially when games become very tight in the fourth quarter there. You're going to need to be able to hit at all three levels. And Pascal has shown that he can hit the three. He definitely can go to the rim. Uh, But he also needs to work at that mid-range game. And that's something he's been trying to develop. And today we actually got to see it. So that was promising. But it's still a bit of a question to me. Like a couple times in the fourth quarter there, Pascal was trying to execute plays. And he was turning the ball over. Uh, When he sort of gets the ball screen, he's not the most natural uh, pick-and-roll attacker off the pie screen, which is normal. Again, he hasn't really done it a lot. But, um, again, it just doesn't really seem like he can get to the specific spot he wants to get to. I don't know if his handle is good enough. Especially if, like, if he wants to get a ball screen and then two guys trap him, can he use the handle to, like, split the the double team or at least make a pass out of it? I, I, that sort of, you know, remains to be seen. But tonight, at least Pascal was able to hit that mid-range jumper. Uh, and really, the responsibility fell more to Kyle to close the game. And Kyle made some great plays, especially with that pass to Surge. So it wasn't, a bit of, it wasn't as much of a concern. But uh, I would like to see Pascal sort of um, get more reps as a crunch time guy. Because otherwise he's been excellent. Like I have nothing else to crit- critique about his game. Twenty three points, thirteen assists, or thirteen rebounds, five assists, two steals. Uh, it was great that he cut down on the personal fouls. Nick Nurse didn't really call him out because calling him out seems like uh, a very aggressive thing to do. What Nick really did was be honest with the media and answer a question honestly about Pascal committing silly fouls and needless fouls and needing to cut those down because Pascal was up to four point five fouls per game, which was actually third in the NBA before this game. So that was a bit of a concern, and I think Nick uh, spoke to Pascal about it. Pascal received the message. He processed it. He was uh, good about it. He didn't really lash back at Nurse at all. So, you know, sort of a controversy or crisis averted. It wasn't really a crisis to begin with. I think Nurse was just being truthful and holding Pascal to a high standard. And Pascal today, only one foul. It was great. Uh, You know, Pascal... I don't think he necessarily dialed back to the aggressive the defensively. He just wasn't, you know, pressing up on the perimeter with two hands on the defender, like on the attacker. Like there's just no point for things like that. Uh, and so Pascal avoided those. And I also thought that Pascal avoided offensive fouls, which is huge because Pascal has uh, occasionally tried to force the issue. And other teams are understanding um, that, you know, Pascal looks a little bit out of control when he drives. And so they're flopping. But it, it definitely teams have been making a concerted effort to build a wall when Pascal drives. And, um, yeah, I mean, they've been getting easy offensive foul calls on Pascal. So I, I, I really like that Pascal was in more control today off his drives, uh, able to attack, and, you know, wasn't really committing fouls, at least with that. Because you don't want the double whammy of committing a turnover and also getting a personal foul just off those offensive fouls. And so Pascal, I thought he made it a more concerted effort to avoid foul trouble and it's it's a real start that now the real balance is sort of maintaining your aggressiveness without fouling but uh, that's tough for everybody you can ask Kyle Lowry about that to be honest I also thought Serge Ibaka was excellent 21 points in 24 minutes off the bench gave the Raptors a huge shot in the arm um, also had two assists two steals six rebounds uh, nine of 16 from the field like I mentioned man he is so automatic when he gets the ball I mean like the the that touch that he has in terms of that little hook shot you would never necessarily associate surge with a guy that has a very very good touch but 
I mean, you know, the last two years, especially now that he's transitioned to the center spot, he's really put a bigger emphasis on that shot and mastering that shot. And he has been excellent. Just like, just, I don't know, man. It's like he's a different man altogether. He continues to impress every single game. And he, he just, uh, it's a luxury to have a guy like that off the bench. It really is. Uh, to give you 21 points off the bench, you know, he was so good that he was he actually closed the game tonight ahead of Marcus Gasol, who uh, also played 24 minutes. It actually was a perfect 24-24 split at the center spot between Mark and Serge. And it wasn't like Mark was playing bad at all. Mark actually played one of his best games of the year. Uh, but Serge was just balling. Like, Serge was playing with such great energy. You know, he brought the house down when he, you know, cut down the lane for a dunk. Uh, you know, he headbutted the stanchion. The crowd went nuts. That gave the Raptors a six-point advantage with about six minutes left. And Serge was just really incisive. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Serge, the one thing I really like about Serge is that when he plays with Pascal, it's sort of a revival of, um, what Pascal used to do in the bench mob with Jakob Pertl in the sense that Pascal would be able to attack. He'd be able to dribble, he'd be able to penetrate. And then when he draws a second defender, or at least when the entire team is oriented towards looking at Pascal and trying to stop Pascal, Pascal's able to make that big to big pass he's always been really good at it there's like i mean him and yaka proto used to make two three baskets a game just by doing that and uh serge has really found a good rhythm in terms of when pascal attacks in the post when pascal drives serge is presenting himself getting to the dunker spot uh on the, either on the baseline or coming down in the middle of the lane he's rolling and uh stopping just short so he's not all the way under the basket where he can't get a shot off, but he's stopping just short, maybe outside of the dotted restricted area, and Serge is presenting himself for the pass. Pascal's delivering the pass, and Serge is finishing. And um, you love to see that that kind of stuff. Pascal is really, really good. Not necessarily that good at creating right now in other scenarios, but especially when he's in the post. Uh, when someone makes a cut, Pascal's able to find them. And Serge has really been able to capitalize on those. So I, I love the way Serge played tonight. I also love the way Mark played tonight, actually. Who, you know, he had a season high 12 points. I know 12 points is not that impressive, but Mark has obviously gone out to a slow start. I like this effort tonight, man. I like this effort. I mean, even just starting on warm ups, you know, just, uh, you know, just watching Mark shoot and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you can't tell everything from a warm up, it's just warm ups. But uh, even in the last couple of weeks here, Marcus had some struggles even just warming up. Like, he would miss uh, a lot, a lot of shots in just warm-ups. And you're just looking at him like, man, are we, are we, are we sure we're going to start with this guy? Today, he was much better. Uh, you know, knocking down threes, knocking down mid-range shots in a great rhythm, finishing stuff around the basket. And so uh, I was very confident that Mark was going to have a good game tonight. He did have a season high in scoring, like I mentioned. And, you know, offensively, you know, he took six shots in 24 minutes, which still feels low, but it never really felt like Mark turned down a shot that he should have taken, which is definitely an issue with Mark. Uh, you know, he does nece- he does really seem to uh, be too unselfish, unselfish to a fault. And, um, you know, today, I don't think that issue really presented itself. I think, uh, you know, he made some very good reads in the sense that, you know, the Kings uh, trapped the Raptors point guards a lot, whether that was Fred or that was Kyle. And Mark was able to read that. He was able to short roll and present Kyle and Fred with a passing outlet. And then Mark will go down the middle of the lane and he will either finish at the basket, which, uh, again, is not a given nowadays because of his age. Uh, or he would get fouled and go to the free throw line and he hit three or four from there. So it's a start. I think, you know, this is something that we can expect Mark to do on a nightly basis. We should hold him to a standard of at least 12 points per game. And if he can do that, it really does sort of reduce the pressure on everyone else. Because right now, everyone else has had to score a ton. Uh, because Mark has been averaging like six points per game heading into this game. So it was nice to see him get uh, 
you know, the, the points there. And also defensively, you know, we know Mark is a good defender. We know he's in the right spots. Um, today, what I like from Mark is that he was able to come up high on the perimeter. So the Sacramento Kings play obviously a lot of guards who can really shoot. Bielitsa, or well, not Bielitsa, sorry. Uh, Bogdanovich is a real issue, especially when, uh, you know, the Kings sort of dial up the pace. Bogdanovich is very aggressive, and he's really smart at relocating, moving. Same thing with Buddy Heald. And so it's a perimeter-based attack. So the Raptors in the second quarter there were able to come out high and trap the Kings occasionally. And Marcus All, even for a 34-year-old, even for a guy who's probably close to 300 pounds and 7 feet tall, was able to move his feet. He was very nimble. He came to the perimeter, trapped, stopped the ball, then recovered back to the paint, got, stayed in position on the defensive end. And it's just nice to see. You know, it's just uh, you don't really expect guys of his age to be able to be that mobile defensively. And uh, he really stepped up to the challenge. So I like the way uh, Mark played tonight. So honestly, everybody in the rotation came in, gave a boost. You know, even Matt Thomas came in, gave 11 minutes off the bench, obviously to replace Pat McCaw, who had uh, arthroscopic surgery to remove uh, some a benign tumor or something like that on his leg. It's, it's a little concerning there, the language at least of that uh, medical report. But Matt Thomas tonight, 11 minutes off the bench, Gives you eight minutes, two of three from deep, uh, two of two from the free throw line. You know, there are defensive issues with Matt Thomas. Like, when he first checked into the game, he had a wide open three. He missed that. Uh, I turned to Alex and I said, you're a fraud. And then on the other end, uh, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich was able to lose Matt Thomas completely off screens and hit a three of his own. So right away, it looked really dicey. But uh, Matt in the second half really came alive there. Hit back-to-back threes. The crowd was going nuts. Uh, especially on the second three, and he made it, of course, from the corner. The guy does not miss. For the most part, he does not miss. Uh, he really is hitting, like, above uh, 50% from three on the season. I think it might be, like, above 60% even. He was two or three today. Uh, and he also got to the free throw line for two uh, fouls uh, shots after he came up with a defensive rebound and got fouled. And, you know, I, I like Matt Thomas's compete level. Uh, you know, even in uh, isolation defense, I mean, a couple of times the Kings looked at him and said, who is this dude? Let me try to attack them one-on-one. And whether that was De'Aaron Fox or Harrison Barnes, I thought Matt Thomas really got into them and really stood up to the challenge defensively. You know, it wasn't necessarily a shutdown performance. I don't think he's that kind of guy. But he definitely competed. He kept Barnes and Fox in front of him. And so I think that's all you can really ask for. So I, I like Matt Thomas today. Terrence Davis, a very unfortunate effort from him. He had five fouls in seven minutes. He really fouled out, except uh, the referees were able to convene and slap Norman Powell with the foul instead. But seriously, Terrence was uh, not great today, man. A rebound and assist in seven minutes, didn't take a shot. Five fouls. Uh, it was it was a tough night for the rookie. But, yeah, I mean, you know, even Chris Boucher came in. You know, he did some things. I, I don't really think Boucher is that serious of a contributor because he makes a lot of mistakes. Like, uh, he just straight up uh, allowed Harrison Barnes to cut back door for a layup, which was kind of embarrassing. And he also left a three-point shooter wide open. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily the best effort from Boucher, but, I mean, he came in, he, he blocked a shot in five minutes. You know, it's not that disastrous. The guy that I really had an issue tonight with was Norman Powell, who, I mean, has just not really impressed all season, let's be honest. There was a lot of talk coming into the year that Norm was going to take the starting two-guard spot. He was going to finally make good on this chance. You know, uh, there's been excuses in previous years. You know, he was a rookie in year one. Obviously, didn't get much of any chance to play, especially since he was replacing a guy in Damari Carroll, who was the, you know, premier 
signing at the time. And then the year after that, he gets to play more, but he's out of position because he has to play three while DeMar insists on playing two and not playing defense. And so, okay, there's an issue there. And then OG Ananobi comes in, and he takes his spot while Norm gets an injury early in the season. And then the starting lineup clicks, and the bench lineup clicks, and all of a sudden Norm's out of the rotation. Okay, it's unfortunate. The year after that, uh, you know, you get uh, Danny and Kawhi coming in, and obviously, okay, those guys are way better than Norm, so then Norm is sort of pushed back into the bench role. He actually did pretty well in the bench role, but obviously played very limited minutes. But, you know, it was sort of expected that this was the year. There are no more hurdles. Norman Powell is going to step up to the plate. He's going to own this position. He's obviously got the potential. He's obviously got the ability. We've seen it in Flash. It. He's going to put it together, except... N- no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's kind of the same Norm Powell he's been in the last five years. Obviously, there are games where he could be good. Like, against the Pistons, he has 19 points. You're, you're all happy with that. But then he just completely disappears, and he's inconsistent. And really, the Raptors needed Norm to be a third guard this year. You got Kyle. You got Fred. You know what you're going to get out of those two guys. You know, Fred's a little bit more up and down. Kyle's been really good to start the year. He's carrying the whole bench. Uh, he's carrying the whole guard position as a whole. And it's really Norman Powell. He just needs to be that third guard. And all year long, Norm has really been disappointing in that role. And because Norm has been so bad in that role, and today, for example, he got benched after he lost Bogdanovich on a rotation. He recovers late. He leaves his feet because he's late. Uh, You know, Bogdanovich recognizes that. He pump fakes Norm out of the way, then relocates, hits the wide open corner three. And then on the other end, Norm decides on a broken possession Oh, instead of giving it to Kyle Lowry, who had the hot hand, who had scored three, four times in a row, Norm decides, I'm going to call my own number, get a screen from Serge, who also has a hot hand, not pass the Serge, but instead pull up for three and completely brick it. And basically, you know, Nick Nurse saw enough, called timeout, got Norm out of the game, and it's sort of like, he just has to do better. Like, Norm shouldn't be playing 19 minutes while Kyle plays 40 minutes and Fred plays 35. Like, it should really be Norm plays like... 26 27 minutes a game and that brings down Kyle's number because Kyle doesn't have to play as much two guard brings down Fred's number because Fred can play less two guard and more backup point guard and Norm can sort of be that third guard but Norm is just not cutting it he's not cutting it he's not doing his job really and it's it's putting a hamper on the team I mean like granted you never want to rely on Norm in the first place because he's sort of proven over five years that he's been inconsistent. You know, at times he can give you a great boost. Obviously, we saw that in the Bucks series. Congratulations. A couple other times in the playoffs, he's made great contributions. But for the most part, if you rely on Norm t- on a night-to-night basis, he just doesn't have that consistency. And right now, the Raptors are stuck in a position where you only have, like, seven guys you kind of trust. Really, it was supposed to be eight with Pat McCaw, but McCaw's out. And then you have seven guys. And out of those seven guys, the one guy that out of those seven that has been the least trustworthy has been either Norm or, or Mark. And at least we know with Mark, he's 34 years old. He played a very long summer. We get what's going on with Mark. Powell, you're 25 years old. You finally got this giant opportunity. Fred takes it from you. And all of a sudden, you know, it's back to the same old Powell. So it's been inconsistent. It's been, a, it's been frustrating. Drafters kind of obviously just kind of have to live with it and sort of let him play through it. Hopefully, miraculously, sometime in year five, Norm gets it. But right now, it, it's just it's disappointing. And it's sort of putting a strain on Kyle and Fred because, again, Norm should be playing a bigger role. But because he's not producing, the Raptors have to go elsewhere. And it's sort of putting a strain. So that's my only real gripe from the game. Before we get to three stars, I'm actually going to introduce a new segment called Buckets, presented to you by our sponsor, KFC. And so the idea of Buckets is that I want to highlight one spectacular bucket from the game. And the bucket came actually in the first quarter there, where uh, early in the game, the Kings 
had a game plan to double team Pascal Siakam. Uh, they showed a hard double in the post every time Pascal got the ball, and that's why Pascal's offense was sort of more limited. Uh, I mean, he still had 23 points, but this is Pascal Siakam we're talking about, and he's very good at getting his own shot nowadays. But regardless, they sent a hard double at Pascal Siakam, and uh, Pascal was able to calmly handle the double team. OG Anobi made a quick cut from the weak side to the strong side, out of the weak side corner to the middle of the lane. Pascal slipped a very, very sweet pass to OG Anobi. OG then, instead of going up for the dunk, because there was also a third defender helping over and rotating over to OG, OG kind of fakes, hesitates, freezes the defender, and then shovels a quick pass to Marcus who's in the darker spot, who goes up for two hands and dunks. Now, granted, we're not going to see a lot of dunks from Marcus this year, uh, so that was very sweet. But I just thought the whole sequence of it was very good. It's sort of clear that the Raptors have worked on scenarios where, you know, in practice, Pascal Siakam would get doubled, someone would present themselves make a cut and get open and today that was OG and OG also makes a very heads up play because he could have easily gone up and tried to go for the layup himself it probably would have been contested he probably would have still made it but he made a very very smart play and a very unselfish play by finding Mark who gets in for the dunk and so it's a win-win for everybody Pascal avoids a turnover OG gets an assist and Mark gets a a rare two-handed dunk let's be honest Mark is not dunking a lot these days so that was that was the bucket of the game presented by KFC now in terms of your three stars First star, I'm giving that to Kyle Lowry. Uh, really carried the team. 24 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds, 2 steals, 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from the 3-point line. Impressive impressive display from the 33-year-old who continues to just defy age. Uh, second star, we're giving that to OG Anobi. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 7 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from deep. Great game all around. And then third star, this is very tough because Serge deserves it and Pascal deserves it. But just, you know, Pascal has, is excellent. He's going to do this on a nightly basis. 23-13-5 to an excellent line. There's nothing I'm knocking it for, but what Serge Ibaka did tonight off the bench, 21 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. In 24 minutes, 9-15 shooting with a 3-pointer. You got to highlight those, man. That's an excellent outing from Serge. So he gets the third star, but obviously, Pascal, I'm sorry. You, you, you really do deserve it as well. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award for the uh, surprising player on the Kings that lit the Raptors up, I'm not going to say it was Bogdanovich, even though he was definitely a pain in the uh, in the rear with his 22 points off the bench, and he was definitely very, very stellar from the three-point line. But I'm going to give it to Harrison Barnes, who had 26 points, four rebounds, four assists, 7-15 shooting, 4-9 of nine from deep. That's sort of uncharacteristic of Harry B. Uh, but also the 10 free-throw attempts that he got. I mean, like, he got... He basically worked in the post. He got a lot of switches onto the Raptors' guards, and uh, he forced a lot of fouls out of the Raptors. So good job by Harrison Barnes with 26 points. Uh, I still don't really understand that signing by the Kings, but, you know, hey, you got to give people some money to go to Sacramento. So uh, Harrison Barnes, that's your Gerald Henderson Award. So thanks again for everyone for listening. Uh, Thanks actually to Vivek for covering the podcast over the weekend while I was in Montreal uh, having the time of my life. Shout out. Dan, congratulations on the, the engagement and, and the wedding in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, so, but huge thanks to Vivek for coming on the, or covering the reaction podcast. For everyone else, um, the podcast is not only on the podcast feed as where you can normally find it, but it's also on YouTube, on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. So you can look for it there if you are one of those people that like to look at someone holding a mic talking for about half an hour straight. Uh, this is, this is, uh, I'm your guy for that. And so you can find that on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. And so, yeah, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and I'll be back after the next game. Peace. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.